0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Jay Hill hit all the high notes in his introductory press conference as BYU's associate head coach and defensive coordinator. We'll dig into that. We'll answer your questions coming in on a mailbag Thursday. And, well, the BYU basketball team, they struggle. You are
0: Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars
1: What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking it out wherever you get it: YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a myriad of other platforms you can find us on. But thank you for your support as always. The goal here, simply stated, is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. And a lot of crazy things are happening at BYU right now. Uh, Kalani Sitake and Jay Hill sat down with. Uh, the media yesterday during uh, Jay Hills introductory press conference and I've got to say Jay Hill comes off as, a, as just a phenomenal phenomenal addition to the BYU football program only time will tell when it comes to his overall impact on the Cougars what he's gonna be able to accomplish is now the associate head coach and the defensive coordinator uh, that hire was made official yesterday morning in addition shortly thereafter uh, Kelly Papinga hired as BYU special teams coordinator and then also named as a defensive assistant coach uh, with the caveat, if you read the release, that his uh, position that he'll be responsible for will be determined at a later date. Uh, I would imagine that uh, Papinga either ends up as a quote-unquote uh, edges coach where he kind of works with outside linebackers, defensive ends, that type of stuff or he's the overall linebackers coach for the BYU football program. The other news that came out of this is that Gennaro Guilford is officially being retained. I got something stuck in my eye here uh, on BYU staff as the cornerbacks coach. was very, very welcome. I think he's a phenomenal recruiter and has done a very, very good job with BYU's corners during his time with the Cougars and then uh, the other situation is that the the status for both Kevin Kloon, who is BYU's linebackers coach Coach, as well as Preston Hadley who was BYU's defensive ends coach but was moved to safeties during the midseason shuffle that Kalani Sitake uh, went through. Uh, he and Kevin Clune, speaking of Spencer, uh, not Spencer, Preston Hadley, both of them are currently TBD. As I said they're going through the process, going to determine what's going to happen and I, I just, the overall uh, sense I took away from this is that Jay Hill is very very excited to be a BYU. I've got to admit I, I've known Jay my entire radio career uh, doing sports radio and covering sports in this market in Utah uh, for over what, 13, 14 years now, and either Jay Hill was wearing Utah gear or is wearing purple uh, Weber State gear during that entire time. Frankly, to see him in BYU gear was a bit of a shock to the system. But it's a it's a, it's an incredible hire for Kalani Sitake. They, they talked about that they're like minded on defense. Uh, I'm gonna I, and a couple of responses came in when that tweet went out about being like-minded let me let me just say this. These two guys grew up uh, coaching under Kyle Whittingham, and Jay Hill later went on my radio station, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, and said, that I'm going to run the Utah defense, what Kyle Whittingham runs on defense. The, the 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 philosophy that BYU ran on defense, folks, for the past seven years, I, I don't know how to make this any more clear. It was the brainchild of Eliza Tuiaki and Ed Lambs. Kalani Satake wanted to be the, the good head coach who wanted to trust his assistants and to give them the, the, the rope that they needed or the, the the, I guess the leeway to to not be the micromanager that he possibly could be as a head coach, and he wanted to give these guys their opportunity. And they they developed a defense that for the first five years, if you look at the metrics, was a top 40, top 50 defense, which is good enough for BYU to be fairly successful. Well, the last two seasons, it fell off a cliff, and the change was needed, especially this year. Your four-game losing streak, Elisa Tuiaki offers to step down after the Arkansas game. The brainchild of what Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb dreamt up It ran its course. So now it's time for a change, and that's where Jay Hill comes in. This is a guy, speaking of Jay Hill, that, might I remind you, took Weber State to Utah State and had the Wildcats hold the Utah State Aggies to seven points this year. BYU, on their home field, speaking of Lavelle Edwards Stadium, gave up 26 points to that very same Utah State team just a few weeks later. And now, there's different quarterbacks in those games, but they actually played against the quote-unquote better quarterback for Utah State, Logan Bonner, in that game, and just absolutely frustrated him. Jay Hill knows what he's doing on defense, and if he can bring that same type of magic to BYU, folks, we're going to be in for a really, really fun run with him leading BYU's defense. Now, let me also caution you. It's going to take some time for him to get his horses in there and get them playing at the level that he will expect from them as well as Kalani Sitake. It's not going to be game one next year against Sam Houston State that BYU goes out there and pitches a shutout on defense. If they do, great. But I think that'd be more about Sam Houston State making the transition to the FBS ranks versus BYU's defense being as polished and ready as it's going to be maybe a year, two down the line with Jay Hill leading the way. I, I, I know I'm I'm speaking just from my personal opinion, but I felt like everything Jay and Kalani Satake had to say yesterday during that introductory press conference hit all the high notes. He talked about the fact that he, he's planning on getting on the, on the recruiting trail and finding guys that he can bring in and make a difference for BYU. The I said yesterday, the laissez-faire, half-you-know-what attitude of recruiting from BYU's defensive staff that has been the hallmark of Kalani Satake's tenure so far, that's gone. Jay Hill is one of the most dogged recruiters out there. Tony Sanchez, a former UNLV head coach, but before he took over that UNLV job, he was the head coach of Bishop Gorman down there in Las Vegas. Bishop Gorman, in my mind, is one of the top 10 of the very worst high school programs in the entire country. They have better facilities than a lot of lower level college programs. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal place. He told my boss, Scott Gerard of the KSL Sports Zone back in 2019 at Mountain West Conference Media Days, that during his time at Bishop Gorman High School, the best recruiter coming through that school was Jay Hill. Jay Hill is a perennial, when he was an assistant, a top 25 caliber recruiter. He's been doing a lot of stuff as a head coach. Head coaches are more hands-off in recruiting. They can't visit as often as their assistants, and he's had to kind of deal with that, being the head coach at Weber State. But he's going to get back out there, folks, and he's going to get after it. This is, this is a phenomenal... Phenomenal hire for BYU and Kalani Sataka, I asked him the question right at the end of the the media session and said, uh, Kalani, would you classify Jay as being your top target as you went into this coaching search? And he gave me a one word answer. Definitely take that for what it's worth. I think this is an absolutely awesome hire and I'm looking forward to seeing Jay Hill revamp BYU's defense and really in many ways revamp how BYU goes about their business overall cuz he's going to come in. He's been a head coach. He has been a coordinator. He 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 understands the machinations of what it entails to run a college football program. He is going to be able to stand by Kalani Sitake's side and offer different uh, perspectives what hey you might want to check this here that the 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 ability he has seeing the game as both a head coach and now an assistant once again is going to pay dividends for the BYU football program like I said the ultimate proof will be in the pudding we'll find out once they hit the field out there with what they're able to do but I've got a really, really bullish feeling on what Jay Hill is bringing to the BYU football program. So uh, let's get to your guys' questions. Some of them involve Jay Hill. Some of them involve recruiting. We'll get to the many of those as we have in today's show, and we'll round out uh, the podcast by talking a little bit about BYU basketball, an absolutely abysmal loss to the UVU Wolverines. Uh, we'll talk about that here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. They're a phenomenal company. have been working with the Locked On College channel all season long. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for you small business if you're an owner. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the right people for your team faster, and the best part is they're doing it for free. F-R-E-E. Heard that right. So go on. Uh, you can create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn jobs. Then add that job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And the best part is it's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn jobs number one and delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. This is the way to finish out the year strong and get ready for 2023, my friends. So get on it now. LinkedIn jobs is helping you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post that job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero term mowers and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months,
1: Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. I want to remind you guys make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Make it your second listen after this show. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only the Locked On Network can provide. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time for your guys' questions. You guys send them in various ways, DMs on Twitter, uh, tweets, emails. I got them all this week. I actually didn't do a very good job about uh, promoting that we were going to do our mailbag Thursday, but thank you to all of you who remembered, hey, it's Thursday, let's, let's get these questions into Jake. So you guys are f- absolutely phenomenal. Uh, first one, uh, Daniel Rigby says, are we doing a mailbag this week? I've got a question. Are there any guys BYU would like to target in the portal? He says, I like Carson Steele. He's an amazing running back out of Ball State. And Steele, you're right, uh, Daniel. He's an absolutely phenomenal running back. He also added this. Do you expect more BYU players to enter the portal going forward? Uh, f- so last question first. Daniel uh, I I actually expected more players to be in the portal from BYU already uh, if I'm being frank. Just based on the conversations and what I kind of been hearing about how BYU was going to go about things and I do expect more guys will go in the portal. There may be some guys who hang on through uh bowl season then uh, see then decide I'm going to I'm going to jump in. They have until January 18th to get into the portal. That, that's the thing. They can they can still jump in and there'll also be an opportunity after spring ball uh, should things not pan out in that uh, scenario for guys to leave. So I still think that there is still plenty of roster reconstruction coming for the BYU football program. Uh, In terms of guys BYU would like in the portal, there's one that I would hope that they like. His name is Joey Hobart. Uh, Many of you might have seen him playing for Utah Tech in that uh, home finale for BYU. Hobart is a former Washington State wide receiver who transferred to Utah Tech and had a monster season. Led FCS in receptions, reception yards, had uh, finished ninth in the Walter Payton Award which is the uh, Heisman for the FCS level. This is a kid who's absolutely phenomenal, and he would be awesome to come in and help bolster BYU's wide receiving core, especially if a guy like Puka Nakua and or Gunnar Romney decide that they are done playing at BYU and going to the NFL. Now, Hobart is not necessarily a Puka Nakua where he is like a true number one wide receiver, but he is, dude, money. 11 catches, had like 100 and some odd yards and two touchdowns against BYU in that Utah Tech game, so he can get after it, and he would be a phenomenal addition for BYU, and I would hope that they would... uh, Obviously, approach him, gauge his interest, and see what happens. The best part is, the pitch for BYU now, because they did offer him back in the day. Of course, uh, he is the, uh, the son of a former NFL quarterback. BYU pitched him before, and they lost out to the Power 5 label that, we, that Washington State had at the time. BYU's now Power 5. They can go to a kid like Joey Hobart and say, hey... We're going into the Big 12. We need as much talent as we can get. Why don't you just come three hours north on I-15, join us here. You saw what we were all about. You saw our offense. We like to go down the field a lot, throwing the ball like your offense at Utah Tech does. Come join us. That's a guy I would absolutely love to see BYU go after. I, I don't really necessarily I guess, have a, a wish list that is a mile long of guys BYU's looking at, but I just I look at the overall talent uh, that base that has gone into the portal so far. Half of the starting quarterback, no, I think six of the fourteen, maybe seven of the fourteen starting quarterbacks in the ACC, uh, their starters are in the portal. Like the quarterback deal for BYU is, I think BYU is going to approach every single quarterback that they think is worthy of approaching and that might be number of the dozens and say, what is your interest in BYU? Can we talk to you for that type of stuff? That And the thing about this is the portal, the recruiting process for this, I actually had a conversation with somebody about this. Uh, back when you go through high school these coaches will show up to your house and be like well brother and sister so-and so okay Mr and mrs. so- and- so we'd love nothing more than for your boy Johnny X over here to, to be coming to our university and we're going to take care of him get him a great education allow him to play high level football like you're just you're selling it just and it's, it, they're putting on, on so much of a show when it comes to recruiting in that circumstance. But when it comes to the transfer portal, folks, it's in some cases, it's as simple as a text message coming from a coach to one of the players in the portal saying, hi, this is coach so-and-so from insert university name here. Are you interested in potentially joining our program? And if you say yes, the conversation continues. If you say no, they're like, hey, thank you for your time. Have a great day. That, that, that's, how, that's how like cutthroat this, uh, this transfer portal recruiting is, folks. It's absolutely nuts how things are going, but that's just kind of how it's got to be. You've got to be combing through it, and that's, that's going to be part of the deal for BYU. They've got to make sure they continue to work on this. All right, um, on to some emails here, uh, one of which coming in. Uh, actually, no, let's get to one more uh, DM. I apologize. i got to pull this up here. I, of course, scrambling on the fly. All right, so here we go. This one relates to our previous question. Jordan Kennard, one of our GFOPs, good friends of the podcast, says, Jake, I am happy for the coaching hires. I know people keep saying to be patient with the transfer portal, but BYU's only lost players so far and our rival Utah keeps getting great players, which is making me nervous on if BYU will be able to get great players from the portal. Now, uh, let me also add this. Logan Fano, as expected, I think we all anticipated it, has officially announced his commitment to Utah just a day after he announced he's going into the transfer portal. If that stuns you, it shouldn't. It was just, it was a formality at that point, and he's decided he's going to Utah. Now, back to Jordan's question. I'm just wondering if you heard any news or rumors of possible players that may be joining or wanting to join the BYU program, and any hope for getting great players this year and hearing about it soon? Now, Jordan, I get the concern. Utah did get uh, Logan Fano, and you've seen some other quarterbacks make declarations early on in the transfer portal. There are over a 1,000 players already in the portal, and I would say if any more than 50 of them have already committed to any given program, I'd be stunned. This is going to be a long play. This is going to be a long process. And the thing about this is it's a 45 day window for players to go into the portal. But once they go in the portal, there's no end to when they actually ultimately can commit slash uh, get to a university. They're going to play at. They, They stay in that portal and they have to kind of comb through what their options are. So, it's three days in uh, to the portal experience for BYU four days. And I guess technically we're on Thursday now, but, let's just be a little patient. I think that BYU is going to do their due diligence. Maybe they don't pull all the big studs that you would like on paper to come to BYU, but I've got faith in BYU's coaching staff. Kalani Satake, people don't forget this. That dude is one of the great closers in recruiting. Aaron Roderick, Fessy Satake, Jay Hill, uh, Kelly Papinga, by the way, absolute money. He had five different linebackers when he was at BYU before he left for Virginia. Kyle Van Noy, Fred Warner, Spencer Hadley, Alani Fua as well as, I'm forgetting one other name, and it's going to bug me because I can't remember who it is, but regardless, he had five, oh, Sione Takitaki. He had five different linebackers who spent time in the NFL, two of which are uh, all pro caliber guys, Van Noy and Fred Warner. Van Noy obviously has the two Super Bowl rings. Kelly Papinga knows how to recruit and develop talent in his own right. These guys are going to go through that portal with a fine tooth comb and find the best talent they possibly can. So let's, Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. I I, I get that you want to see some positive momentum in terms of, guys, I'm going to come play for BYU. Can't wait to suit up for the Cougars and be a part of the BYU football program. We'd all love to see that happen, but it's still, we're four days into a 45-day period stay patient. It's a long process here, and it, it may be elongated uh, because just how the portal is playing out. Obviously, you're going to see some big names uh, get opportunities like Phil Jurkovic, uh, a star uh, quarterback who's thought to be an NFL prospect before getting injured this year for Boston College. He went to the portal Monday morning by Monday afternoon he committed uh, to Pitt, and there were strong rumors that he was going to go uh, join the Pitt Panthers and okay, great, but I think for every one of those, there's a number of other guys out there that are not uh, going to be looking, I guess, that quickly to make a move. And the other thing about this is let's also acknowledge that the portal last year 80 some odd percent of the players who went in the portal last year never found a landing spot. It's the end of the road for some of these guys in terms of football. It's crazy to think that the risk you're taking when you do that, but you got to, it's calculated. You've got, it's a calculated risk that you are taking as an athlete to go into that transfer portal. But like, let me just say it one more time. Let's be patient and let things play out a little bit before we really start casting, uh, I guess, our, our our judgments on how BYU is going about their portal uh, work. All right. Uh, one other note here. Let's check. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Theodore Hunter, TJ Hunter, saying, Jake, pretty excited about the Jay Hill hiring as BYU's defensive coordinator for football. Do you think they should try to hire an assistant coach from a Big 12 school? I think it would be good to get familiar with Big 12 play and recruiting. Thanks, uh, TJ. Now, that's an interesting one because I like the... <laughs> I, I like the the thought there to go and get an assistant who's already worked in the Big Twelve because it's a very good point. BYU is going to be have, uh, going to new recruiting grounds than they ever have before. They're going to be going to Florida, Texas, the Midwest, uh, West Virginia, Cincinnati. Like, think about what BYU's traditional recruiting base has been. It's been the West Coast, California, up into the Pacific Northwest, Hawaii, the Intermountain West. Very rarely do you hear about BYU getting more than one or two guys from other parts of the country. Well, now as a member of the Big Twelve Conference you will have a nationwide reach. You're going as far east as West Virginia and UCF. You're going as far south as Houston and Texas. You're going uh, to Cincinnati. You've got the Midwest schools, Nebraska, uh, no, sorry, not Nebraska, uh, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Like, you're opening new territory for yourself. I actually think it's a very, it'd be a very savvy move if BYU does want to do that, to go out and get one of those assistants that they still have to fill their staff out with, who does have Big 12 experience. Uh, that would be a very, very smart play. Do I think that it's necessarily like it's going to happen. Not necessarily. I think that Kalani Satake's got faith that his guys, speaking of whoever it might be, a Fessy Sitake, Satake, Kelly Papinga coming into BYU, that they can go into these new territories, be assigned those territories, get out on the road, and start to nurture the relationships they have to have with high school coaches out there. The best part is, is these schools, uh, speaking of the new schools coming into the Big 12, as they go to the new, these new recruiting grounds, where they're going, the Midwest uh, to Florida, these high school coaches know what is happening with the Big 12. You can walk in and say, hi, I'm Coach Papinga from BYU. And that coach is like, oh, hey, welcome to the Big 12. Like the, the high school coaches know what's going on. And I think most of these athletes have an idea as well. Uh, I've got confidence that BYU will work things out. Whether they do hire somebody who has actual Big 12 experience, great, but let's. I guess I say Kelly Papinga as well, because when BYU's staffed under Bronco Hall, they took 14 of their 15 staffers at the time, if I recall correctly, maybe more than that, maybe 18 or 19 people, and Kelly was among them that went to Virginia, and very few, if any of them, had experience recruiting in Virginia and the East Coast, and what did they do? They went out and put together a team that went to the Orange Bowl at the University of Virginia, a group that was uh, largely made up of guys from the West, alums of BYU, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, like the whole gamut, and they put together a, uh, a an Orange Bull caliber squad at Virginia. I think that BYU can overcome it even if they don't hire somebody who's already worked in the Big 12, but to know the lay of the land, to have somebody who's already got experience and relationships with coaches in those various areas in the Big 12, that can't be undersold. And that'd actually be a pretty savvy move, I would imagine, if uh, Jay Hill and Kalani Sitake decide that that's where they want to go with this. All right. Now, the the final uh, question coming in here, let me pull this back out. I got my phone uh, to where I'm getting my questions from. My my email is not working on my laptop here. All right, uh, so the question comes in uh, via David, and he asks this, Jake, uh, what is your confidence level that BYU will be able to compete right away in the Big 12? And, okay compete? Uh, that is a great question. Uh, I've said this on the podcast previously, especially as the season developed for BYU, that maybe getting to 6-6 six and six next year should be the goal, or I guess the bar for BYU in terms of achievement for the Cougars. There, the, the, the nice part is is working from a, a base in terms of like the, their platform where they're working from as they make the leap to the Big 12. That's higher than what TCU, Utah were when they made the leap from the Mountain West Conference to the Pac 12 and the Big 12, respectively. Uh, Now, Utah and TCU have turned into phenomenal programs. A decade plus later, we've got one of those teams in the Rose Bowl and the other one's in the college football playoffs. Absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal rises for both of those programs, no doubt about it. But for BYU, I think that next year, the goal should be 6-6 6-6 six and six. and that can change I'm, I'm going to withhold judgment I guess in terms of what I would consider competing in the Big 12 until we really see what the roster looks like I guess so I'm going give to give myself until after the transfer portal period maybe we'll wait until spring ball and really see what this roster looks like for BYU if they go out and get a high level quarterback a lot of people I, on YouTube I've had like 5 or 6 questions I apologize for a number of you who have asked this question as well saying Jake uh, what about DJ Uyunglele coming to BYU and obviously a former 5 star our prospect, a Southern California kid. I, I don't know necessarily that uh, that they ha- that DJ Uyunglele is the answer for BYU, but he's a very very talented quarterback. But if you can get a, a quarterback who's a four or five star talent out there that can get after it. That would really change BYU's fortunes in the Big 12. The defense is still going to be a work in the pro- work in progress next year, but we all know the reputation, at least I hope you guys do, we know the reputation of what the Big 12 is. Offense driven. This is a league that quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, offenses dominate this league. They like to score points in bunches. What has BYU been able to do with Jaron Hall at the controls of the BYU offense? Score points, and if Jaron Hall returns to BYU for his uh, what would be his I guess redshirt senior season next year, that would really really change the fortunes for BYU. I, I'm still in camp. Jaron's going to the NFL. That's still where I uh, kind of plant my flag right now. But if he does come back, that'll completely change the fortunes for BYU. Maybe seven and five, eight and four is possible if, as, as they may remake this roster. Like you have to really wait and see what the roster looks like. So. In terms of competing, right now, I'd say 6-6. Six and six. Get to bowl eligibility. Sweep your uh, non-conference games, beat Sam Houston State, smash Southern Utah, and go beat Arkansas on the road. You're 3-0 going into Big 12 play, and then you just got to pick off three wins in Big 12 play to get the bowl eligibility. That that, that would be competitive, I think, for BYU, based on what I think is going to be the roster right now, and that's me anticipating Pukunakua, Jaron Hall, uh, three of the offensive linemen from this year's squad, a couple linebackers. I'm, I'm expecting a bunch of dudes to potentially potentially. potentially be gone. If you get more of those guys back, that completely changes the the calculus of what, what I would be looking at for BYU. So I guess I'm going to give it an incomplete. I'm going to have to wait and uh, dig into that, David, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about that uh, down the road a bit. All right, uh, coming up here in just a moment, uh, let's finish out today's show talking a little bit about BYU basketball. I know it hurts because that was absolutely abysmal. What we watched is UVU went to Pro Bowl and won for the second straight year. Let's talk about it. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. They are your number one source for all your sports betting information stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Yes, you can bet on BYU basketball if you really want to torture yourself from football to basketball to soccer to esports. They've got it all at BetOnline. And the best part is, if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed, whether it's live betting, futures odds, game by game in terms of uh, the lines. Whatever you want to do, BetOnline has got it available to you now. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more now. That's BetOnline
0: deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com.
1: Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. I I, I truly, all of your guys' comments and everything, I think it's absolutely awesome uh, when you guys comment on us. Even if we have trolls uh, showing up in our things, like uh, Bo underscore body is a Ute troll that has popped up in our YouTube mentions. You know what, Bo? Thank you for tuning into the show. I'll take the views. If you you were going to subject yourself to watch a BYU podcast as a Utah fan, I got... props to you. I think it's absolutely awesome and I I, I think that uh, the, the best part is about this, is that you guys enjoy the product, I hope uh, by and large, and continue to support it. Thank you for that. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about BYU basketball. 75-60, to 60, a 15 point loss to the Utah Valley Wolverines at the Marriott Center last night. BYU for the game shot 35.7%. Their shooting woes from three continued. Four of 26, 15.4%. Conversely, UVU in this game shot as a team, 45.8% from three. They were 11 of 24. This is a UVU team who came to BYU somewhere in the 320s. They averaged, I think, like 25% shooting on threes, 28% on threes for the season. They shot 45.8%. For the second straight game, an opposing team shot just an absolutely blistering number from three. If you remember South Dakota, they could not miss. They were at 66.7%. They were 12 of 18 before finishing at like 12 of 21 in that loss to South Dakota for BYU. This BYU team right now, they're scuffling, folks. Uh, This is is a team that... 500 may be a good season this year for BYU I I don't have much positive to say other than the, the young bucks. They gave the opportunity for uh, Richie Saunders and Dallin Hall to get their first career starts yesterday. And those are the guys that I am watching closest this season because they are the future of the big 12. Rudy Williams is a one year mercenary for lack of a better term. He is coming to BYU to play out his senior season and he's hoping to get a better look from the pro ranks. Uh, I'm not sure what Rudy is going to give BYU other than maybe a, a couple of 15, 18, 20 point performances, and that's about it. I, I just don't think that this is the year for BYU basketball to be a true contender in the in the West Coast Conference. Uh, some of the early indications, I, I think the Idaho State game probably should have set off alarm bells. The fact that they had a rally to beat Idaho State in that home opener, Spencer Johnson, who's out with a knee injury right now, who's kind of been the steadying force when he's actually been on the court for BYU, but he's out for an extended period of time now. Uh, the fact that he had a ra- almost single-handedly rally BYU in that game, that probably should have, I guess... I guess, I don't know, raise some alarms, but BYU is, is just scuffling along right now. And w- honestly, w- what, 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 what record do you guys think BYU is going to have at the end of non-conference play? I, I think that right now they're going to face a top, a top 25 ranked Creighton on Saturday night. Uh, Creighton recently was ranked as high as number seven in the country. Uh, do you have any confidence they're going to go to Las Vegas and beat Creighton? I don't. So, uh, Right now, BYU could be going into West Coast Conference play with a losing record. That's a very real possibility. I think 500 probably should be the goal. They're going to face a Weber State squad who's similarly down to them, maybe worse uh, in non-conference play. They have a game against Utah in that rivalry game right now. Wouldn't you pick against BYU against the Utes? Because the Utes are off to a really, really good start right now. So, uh, things aren't going well uh, for Mark Pope. Uh, I was... Told by people in the preseason that hey BYU's got a chance they got some shooting here guys like Jackson Robinson are the best shooters in practice it's not translated to the court right now and they've they've got to figure that out the nice part I guess in this game is the positives or Foose Triori had a really really nice performance he was eight of ten from the field uh, he made eight of BYU's buckets they made twenty for the game twelve other buckets made uh, by other Cougars in this one uh, Foos has eighteen points in that game nice to see that and Foos, when he's one when he's double when he's not being double teamed one on one Foos. Is very hard to stop, but when you do double him, his lack of size, his overall size, because he's six foot six at the very tallest. I know he's got his arms, the go 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 gadget arms that make him uh, build, play as as big as a guy uh, Tiki Tiki at like six foot eleven. But uh, this is a middling squad if at the very best for BYU. Any aspirations of any postseason play? You can pretty much toss those in the dumper at this point. This team... They're going to finish mid-table in the, in the West Coast Conference once again. So, I guess the biggest thing for BYU basketball, the rest of this season, based on uh, what we're watching right now, is watch the Young Bucks. What are Dallin Hall and Richie Saunders looking like early on? As Foose Traore continue to develop, is a Tiki Ali Tiki coming along, the project that he is as a big man? Those are the guys who are going to be the core for BYU going into the Big 12. Jackson Robinson, similarly. He's got three years of eligibility, so he's a similar guy. The The... The Rudy Williams stuff. Okay, great. Uh, Noah Waterman. I know he's got a second year of eligibility. Okay, that marginal. Those are the guys, okay, I'm I'm like, okay, great. If you can offer BYU something, great. But I'm looking more at this core over here. I want to see the former Mr. Basketball, uh, Dallin Hall, show what he can do. I want to see Richie Saunders, who comes to that famed Wasatch Academy, just like Foosh Triori. I want to see him continue to develop. I, those are the guys that this season, down the stretch here, I guess the final a couple of months of this season, based on what we're watching right now, that's what we'll be talking about. The wins and losses... Okay, we'll discuss it, but at the same time, I, I just don't know that that necessarily is part of what we should really be focusing on for BYU basketball right now because this is not a good team. It's not a good team. That flame away if, if you if you if you disagree, but I just this is not a squad that is a NCAA tournament. Nit, like they're going to go to the West Coast Conference tournament. And do you expect them to make it past the first round? Maybe get to the semifinals? Eh, probably not, but. We'll continue to uh, track it. It's what we do. We, we have you covered every single day. That's the thing about this. Even when we get into the off season, some of you may be checking out now that football season is over. I would encourage you to stick with us throughout the off season. We you covered every single day with whatever's going on in BYU. And just want a little, a little bit of a hint, uh, starting uh, early January, January second. In fact, we're actually going to start uh, counting down to the Big Twelve era and the uh, the first season of Big Twelve football for BYU by going game by game through the history of BYU's independence. A hundred. 50 some odd games during those 12 years BYU was an independent uh, school we'll count you down throughout the offseason until the next football season kicks off so stick with us all offseason long so thank you once again for your support as always this is going to do it for this edition of the podcast thank you for making us your first listen of the day now go make your second listen our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 Podcast Josh Neighbors is an emph- and an, an, well, I just does not want to say emphatic and incredible he does an incredible job uh, covering all things in the Big 12 so check that out wherever you get your podcasts also on youtube that'll do it for myself have a great day this has been the locked on cougars podcast see ya
0: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today